0: are you tired of living with stained and worn out carpeting does the den look like bears spent the winter with you spring is here and so is empire today's half off your project sales starting now but only for a limited time save 50 percent on a huge selection of carpet hardwood and laminate standard padding and materials and basic installation Call the Empire Today half-off-your-project-sale hotline now. one 385 681 Empire Today's free in-home estimates are easy and smart. Choose from high-quality flooring in the rooms where you'll use them with your lighting so you can see the color best. We'll do the measuring. You do the selecting and saving. But first, you must do the calling. Everyone loves the half-off-your-project-sale. Even pairs. Call the Empire Today special hotline 1-855-385-0681. one 385 681 Empire Today. Select styles. Details at EmpireToday.com. SRN Survival Radio Network.
1: Happy Sunday, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. I'm your host, Will Strayhorn. And,
2: and I'm your co-host, also, Alicia Prince. Yes.
1: <laughs> How are you doing, <laughs>
2: Alicia? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing
1: pretty good. I'm actually doing pretty good. I'm working on probably about collectively throughout this whole weekend, I've probably had about maybe five hours of sleep. I have been okay. busy. Okay. I, don't, I okay. know. I know. I know. I'm working on some Starbucks, a little bit of Starbucks, and a lot of Mountain Dew. That's what's keeping me We can work with that. Yeah, we can work with that. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, again, we have another interesting show, interesting show. I know that you have posted something um, in the Facebook page um, that I hadn't even heard about. But tonight's show is all about being transgendered in America. It's really, really becoming popular. I'm not sure what, what the timing is all about. But um, we have um, from Laverne Cox, the, the young lady who's on the Orange is the New Black. Um, like I said, she's just on the cover of Glamour magazine. Um, we have now Bruce Jenner, um, Kim Kardashian's stepfather, who I think he's slated with Diane Sawyer to um, have an interview in, I think it's in May,
0: about his wow.
1: transformation. He, he He's um, going through the transition. Yeah, I think you have posted something about Inside Edition just hired their first was a transgendered reporter? Yes. I think, yeah. yes. So, earlier this I mean, week. Earlier this week. So we have a very interesting um, group of guests. Our first guests that are coming up after the break, we have um, Alana Scholar and Bobby Thompson. They're actually um, a married couple. The husband trans- transitioned. Um, he's now transgendered. Um, we have Amelia Black, who is, um, a makeup artist and transgender person living in Chicago. And then we have Miss Jasmine Bonet. Um, she's the illusion of Miss Janet Jackson. She will be um on, she's later on in the show, but she is from Tennessee. So stay yeah. tuned. After this commercial break, we're gonna be right back with Alana Scholler and Bobby Thompson. You're listening to Let's Face It on the Survival Radio Network, we'll be right back.
0: You want to take your business to the next level? Ultimate Business Solutions provides the support you need to increase your customer base and sell more products and services online. Specializing in graphic arts, web development, and internet marketing, Ultimate Business Solutions creates the face of your business. If you're looking for a custom logo, dynamic website, or popping marketing material, call Ultimate Business Solutions today at 404-704-2197 or visit www.ultimatebiz.com. Solutions.com. Ultimate Business Solutions. Let us create your future.
3: Are you a recent graduate, a displaced professional, or a subject matter expert looking for an opportunity? Or maybe you're seeking to advance your career in information technology and cybersecurity. so, then Lanier Data Assurance Solutions, Inc. is the company for you. Lanier is a professional services consulting firm located in Washington, D.C., Largo, Maryland, and Jacksonville, Florida. We are comprised of highly experienced, certified security professionals as well as subject matter experts in the science of information security and privacy. Lanier has established a solid reputation for excellence by providing superior services to every client. This credible firm brings a wealth and expertise to the profession. If you are interested in challenging work, compensation, contract and travel options, contact Lanier Data Assurance Solutions today. Like us on Facebook to get real-time opportunity announcements at facebook.com forward slash Lanier, which is L-E-N-E-E-R, or call 301-476-1844. You can also email us at info at Lanier.net.
2: Welcome back to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends. I'd like to introduce a couple who, after you read their books, have a story hotter than Fifty Shades of Gray. Interestingly enough, it all takes place in a deeply conservative and religious state of Kentucky. So without further ado, let's welcome Bobby Thompson and Elena Schoeller. Hi, this is Bobby.
4: Very glad to be here tonight.
5: Hello, this is Lana. Glad to
4: have
1: both of you. Thank you. How are you both doing?
4: Absolutely fantastic. Life is good here in Kentucky, no matter if we are living such a lifestyle.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, we we want to just bring some more awareness to what's going on, as I was saying in my intro. Um, It's really a big issue now. A lot of people are coming forward. They're they're living authentically, and um, I think it's really great. So I, just, I wanted to start with a question for Alana. Um, is, what are some of the the hardest things going through this whole transition, especially living where you're living? Um, what are some of the hardest things that you have to face as a transgen- transgender person when you're out in public? What are some of the uh, hard things that you're having to, to deal with?
5: Well, uh, of course, you know, we all uh, desire to have surgery and everything because, uh, uh, you know, just so we can make a better public appearance. But one of the hardest things, most difficult things in a lot of areas, uh, even outside of Kentucky, is uh, the big restroom issue. And uh, you know, that's that's a really difficult problem that we have. Mm. Which was what? Which issue? Uh, the bathroom. They're able to go to the, uh, the oh, bathroom yeah. in
4: public places? In
5: public places and stuff. And that's uh, that's been a big issue going around in circles for quite a while now. How do you handle that? I cross my legs and hold it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You cross your
1: legs and hold it. So it seems, I would imagine that within the next, you know, two years down the aisle, that's going to be something that's going to come up where there's going to be some type of a law protecting that. um, I know there was a place, where was it, the school, where the young, um, I think it was a young boy who was transitioning to a girl at a school. And I think that was the same issue, which bathroom? And I think they created a bathroom um, for people who were going to be going through transition. So that may be something that's coming up in the future that's going to be legally protected. So so yeah. the, the hardest thing for you, basically, is when you're out, you know, what bathroom do you go to? Wow. Uh,
5: if I'm dressed, depending on where I'm at and how safe I feel, you know, I go to the women's bathroom. Uh, I do a lot of my medical stuff at the University of Kentucky, and uh up there they don't seem to have an issue with me going to the proper bathroom. So, you know, it's it's not always difficult, but you know, uh public restaurants and stuff like that can be a little more difficult.
2: Wow. Now, outside of the bathroom issue, has coming out as transgendered been the most difficult thing you've ever had to do?
5: Oh uh, that that was difficult but now uh being diagnosed with HIV having to tell my family that. That was mm. the most difficult thing I've ever had to do. Well.
1: How how long have you been go have you been living transgender? Uh
4: um that's kind of a difficult question because Alana's been living transgender her entire life, but living in FEM, um secretly I guess
5: since the early two thousand.
4: Yeah. And then uh once your book came out, that's really yeah. when you started presenting in
1: film in public more right. so. Yeah. So uh-huh. and, the, and, and the, your family and stuff aside from the HIV part, we'll get you that, but aside what was their reaction
5: when you Uh they they they've always been uh supportive and you know, uh with the transgender stuff and while I was diagnosed with HIV, uh, my mom's remarks were, uh, well, you know, uh
4: Magic Johnson. Magic
5: Johnson. has had it for years, and he looks <laughs> terrific. So, you know. <laughs> so they've been so supportive. Oh Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: That's really good. And, you know, because I'm from a small town in North Carolina, so I know if I was to do that down there, it would, just, it would be the very opposite. I'm sure it would be the very, yes. very opposite. So that's really good that you have that support system there.
4: Of course, um, as as explained in Alana's book, she kept the secret hidden for a long time, mainly because she had no idea what was going on with herself. And um, sometimes it's the fear of what might happen that keeps people from doing things. And I think she was surprised how well the transition went once she began her transition.
1: Do you you think that that, um, the fear of what may happen is what maybe kept you from doing it much sooner?
5: Oh, absolutely, because uh, I put on my mama's dress the first time in 1969 and oh. felt really great. But in, what, eight years old? I was eight years old, and in 1969, churches were prejudiced against people of color, let alone yeah. if somebody would come out as gay or transgender would have a prayer, you know. And yeah. so I went into hiding, and I hid it so deep I didn't. I hid it for myself, and, you know, it's difficult, you know, getting from eight years old uh, to the point where I finally, finally release it on, let it go, and come out. Mm
2: -hmm. Wow. And on this subject, you mentioned earlier about your HIV diagnosis. How did the people around you react to the news that you identified as a woman and that you were diagnosed with HIV?
5: Um. well, one of my biggest fans here in Versailles is the deputy sheriff, so that helps. <laughs> um,
2: that does.
5: <laughs> I, was, I, I was in Kmart one day, and a lady that I had went to church with way back when I was a kid ran up to me and hugged me and said, oh, I heard you had HIV. I'm so sorry. She said, you know, we're here with you. But she hugged me, wasn't afraid of me. And, you know, so in a small town like this, people know a lot about what's going on. Yeah. and nobody's ever treated me any different, you know. Wow. So it's it's really been good. My job I was working on at the time, the uh, owner of the farm actually got the employees together and told them I was transgender, had been diagnosed with HIV, and they were to treat me the same as they would have treated me if this had never come out or happened. And if anybody had a problem with it, they could leave the farm. So, you know, there you have it.
2: (laughs) Now, what is it about, you know, we would, typically assume that a place like kentucky would not have that support is there anything unique about that area that you think is so different from maybe some of the other areas that are non-supportive uh
5: well you know it's been such a small town and so many people know one another they've either gone to church together or, or whatever you know uh uh i think that helps and uh i don't know it's it's always been a friendly town and I, I think it's just a matter of the town's got a lot of good people in it, you know.
4: And not only that, baby, but I think it has a lot to do with the way you present yourself and the way you come out to people.
5: Yeah, I, I pretty much would tell people, I, um, it may, you may not understand this, but I hope at least you'll accept me after I tell you. And some of the biggest right. rednecks in town, you know, uh, even told my father, said if anybody bothers her, they're going to have to mess with us. None so, you no know, wow. <laughs> so
1: it's worked out. Great. So so for Bobby, you and Alana shared a three-year intimate relationship. So during that time, you, you weren't aware of what was going on?
4: Correct. I was not aware of Alana at all. I only knew Alan, this masculine, aggressive male, and um, it was, Strictly based, our relationship was strictly based on intimacy. The only time we ever saw one another was to get together, and and uh, so it was all masculine aggressiveness and all male, and no one um, at that time knew anything about Alana. Uh, that, that was still during the time that Alana wasn't even admitting to herself what was going on and was trying to hide it deeply. Wow. Wow. And how
2: did you go from being, because I read in the book, you were freaked out by Alana (laughs) to
4: saying, I
2: do to Alana.
4: Yes, I was. I was totally freaked out. Um, Not only had we shared the three-year intimate relationship in the mid-'90s, we had known each other most of our lives. Um, Our mothers were best friends and my sister ran around with Alana and her brother back in the day when they were younger and so Alana and her family was always kinda of in the peripheral vision of life for me, except um it was Alan that I knew at that time and everything. Mm. So when uh I saw Alana that first day, it was it we were on our way to go shopping together and it's always about me. So I was worried about how are gonna people react with me walking around with like this, and I, this might be a Kentucky term, but I, in my head I thought, how are people going to react with me walking around with this freakazoid? And it was mm-hmm. just so bizarre and outside my norm. Well, um, I tell everybody it took 179 pages of my book to explain how I went from freaked out to saying I do, and it was just one step of understanding at a time. And Mm. it's it's the the very first step was when I went when uh, Alana went to hug me one day, and I didn't want to hug her because I saw her instead of him, and uh, she said to me, "Honey, these are the same arms that have always held you. These are the same lips that have always kissed you. I have the same Mm. level of education I've always had, and I can still change the tires on your car." And that planted the seed in my brain that this person is the same person I've known most of my life, where when I saw Alana for the first time, I believed there were two different individuals. One was a male and one was a female. So it took a process, a long process of understanding, and uh, there's no way I can explain it <laughs> in the time <laughs> we've got right now, but it is in the book. Wow. That's right. Tell them to get the book. <laughs> yeah, we're going yes. to talk about
6: that in
2: just a second. Okay. Were there any other difficulties you faced as a spouse of a trans woman?
4: Uh, n- not really. The, the reason that I even wrote my book was when we were at Southern Comfort with Alana's book in 2012, I was invited to come to the wives' session, and I was mm-hmm. the only wife in the room who could openly and freely discuss their transgender spouse. And uh, wow. a common thread for the other women were the fact that they were living in the closet with their spouses and and they didn't even have anyone else to compare their experience with. And uh, it, that room was difficult for me because even amongst my peers, I was an outsider because I was different, because I had a freedom that they didn't have. And I thought, you know what? I can go home and write a book, and and then you'll have at least that to compare your experience to the experience of another spouse of a transgender person. Mm. Awesome. Well, so
1: you've you've each written a book, correct? Correct. Okay. So just very briefly, just tell us first, Bobby, what is your book about, and where can we where can we get copies
4: of it? Okay. The title of my book is. My husband looks better in Laundry than I do. Damn it! And <laughs> you can go to <laughs> uh, my website is myhusbandlooksbetter.com, dot com, and there's uh, all sorts of videos and information and uh, other interviews. And your interview will be there, and as well as um, links to Amazon dot com where you can purchase our books in print and ebook format as well.
1: Awesome. And what about you, Alana, your book? What's the title of your book?
5: Um, my book is uh, titled Hung in the Middle, A Journey of Gender Discovery. And uh, it's, my book starts when I was eight years old and goes through uh, uh, basically my entire life. of uh, I was going to be a jockey when I was younger. I was uh, five foot tall, weighed 100 pounds. Uh, so it takes you through all that, through all the car wrecks And so it's not your typical coming out book, but uh, but it takes you through my entire life to the point where I came out, and they can uh, everybody can find my book at uh, hunginthemiddle.com, dot com, <coughs> along with uh, uh, like Bobby interviews and stuff like that that was done, and uh, our books are also available on Amazon dot com.
1: On Amazon dot com.
5: Yeah. That's
1: awesome! Awesome. Yes, yeah, so I want to thank you both for coming and sharing your story. I have just one more question. So I just want to clarify, you two, you were married after Alana basically came out, correct?
6: Correct. Transgender.
1: correct. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That makes the story that much sweeter. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> well, I want to thank you both for coming on. Um, your story is amazing. I'm going to definitely check out your book. Um, I just okay. want to thank, thank you, you for, having for coming me. in. You're welcome. You're welcome. Have a good evening. You too. Thank you.
4: Uh-huh. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye. That was wonderful, Alicia.
4: Yes, it was.
1: Yes. Well, our next guest, um, are very beautiful. Um, if you get a chance, after the show we're gonna post videos on the website. Um yes. very be- <laughs> Very um oh, I can't say it enough. Very, our next two guests, very, very, very beautiful. Um, she's yes. from Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> Makeup artist, body extraordinaire, um, Miss Amelia Black. Welcome to the show, Amelia.
4: Hi, Amelia. Hi, Amelia. Hi.
1: How are you
7: doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing very good.
1: Glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much for agreeing to do it. Um, I have been plastering your beautiful face all across the Internet. So um, you're already international. But um for our definitely. Um you might even have some marriage proposals out there. I'm like, yeah. All right. I'll shot. take I'll
7: take it. I'm super simple. <laughs> <laughs> I
8: will take it. I will take a dinner
1: date. <laughs> when, so let's just jump right in. I want, tell us about your childhood and your family. What was it like growing up for
7: you? Well, um let's see, I'm from I'm from Gary, Indiana. Okay.
1: Um I am,
7: yes, Michael Jackson town. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <Pan>. um, <clears throat> I am one of four children. I have two brothers and one sister. Uh, I come from a single family household, single single parent home. Um, but growing up for me was, uh, it was a little bit hard, uh, only because uh, I wasn't. Able to to live my truth, you know. I've known since I was six years old that I was that I was different, and something uh, something happened to me. Uh, there were two two younger kids that used to live across uh, across the way from us um, when I lived on uh, Carolina, and there were two brothers, and mm-hmm. they always used to try to wrestle me. And I I always hated to get dirty when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. uh, just one day out of the blue, one of the brothers, Sam, wrestled me to the ground, and he he just said to me, you know, you why do you talk like a girl? Why do you mm-hmm. walk like a girl? You act like a girl. He said, if you were a girl, I would marry you. And mm-hmm. I didn't even know how to respond to that, you know.
8: Mm-hmm.
7: But yeah. I knew and that. You were how old? About. I was probably like eight or nine.
6: Okay,
7: wow. Okay. But um, I knew deep down inside that he was, you know, he was telling Mm -hmm. the truth. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, um, you know, my my mom always knew that I was different, so she kind of sheltered me a little bit. But Mm -hmm. um, I held my mom in such high regards. You know, I always wanted to be the woman that she was because she was so strong and independent. You know, but... um, Mm -hmm. I came out. Um, excuse me. I came out when I was seventeen, okay. and I started taking hormones um, without my mom knowing when I was sixteen. Mm-hmm. So, um, it was so it
1: start? wasn't really a it wasn't
7: started, really a big surprise to my family. you Transitioning when I, that young? Yes, I did.
1: Oh, wow! You were still in school. Probably.
7: Yes. Okay. My my senior year in high school, I was um, actually taking hormones and wearing, you know, some some bigger clothes, so mm-hmm. nobody would notice. But nobody really knew what was going mm-hmm. on. But yeah, but, you know, I had the because I was different. You know, I had a you know typical reaction from other children. You know, um, kids used to pick on me in school. Throw things at me You know I've been Mm. fat on before Um, But all those times When those Things happened to me I internalized Everything You know And it made me A much stronger person You know For having to go through all that Yeah And it's so
2: funny You said that When you were 17 You officially came out Um, Mm -hmm. Because one of the media stories That just broke my heart was 17-year-old Leela Alcorn. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Was a, yes. Yeah. And, you know, a Ohio transgender teen mm-hmm. committed suicide. And one of the things is she couldn't get the acceptance from her parents that she craved. So exactly. what advice would you give someone young who wants to transition? And then what advice would you maybe give to their parents?
7: Uh, as far as the parents are concerned, I would invite them to to sit down with me
6: Um, excuse me
7: I would invite their parents to spend the day with me Mm. just to see how normal of a life that I have you know to see how happy I am how I'm thriving in society how people respect me how I respect myself um, how loving I am you know just to invite them into my world to to see Mm. and Mm. as far as someone who is trans, who is trans, uh, transgendered, who wants to transition, I would, um, tell them, uh, you know, I've, I've tried to commit suicide before myself Mm
4: -hmm.
7: and, um, you know, you have to be in a really, really dark place to even entertain something, you know, as awful as suicide. But, um, I would just tell them to, to be prayerful, you know, um, and to have a, a strong support system, you know, there's, things are so different uh, now as opposed to when I was younger. You know, I didn't have anybody coming from a small city like Gary, Indiana. I didn't have anybody who I could speak to, you know, to tell them, you know, I'm really a girl, but, you know, nobody understands me. You mm-hmm. know, there are so many organizations and so many people who you can reach out to to get help, you know.
1: But um, yeah, I have a question. So, wh- what are your thoughts? Why do you feel? Because it's like the we're actually really bombarded by a whole bunch of stories of people living more authentically, and especially in the topic of being transgender. I'm not sure if you heard earlier, Inside Edition just hired their first ever transgender reporter. <laughs> um, we have um, Bruce Jenner, who's transitioning. We have Laverne Cox uh-huh. on the Orange is New Black, who is widely mm-hmm. accepted on the cover of Glamour magazine. Why do you think, mm-hmm. why now? Why Why is all this coming forefront now, in your opinion? Um,
7: the only thing that I can say is that um, as a whole, um, you know, when anything is oppressed, um, mm, yeah. it comes to a point where uh, oppression Can no longer be tolerated So things come to a boil um, And they come to a head And they just explode You know (coughs) Excuse me Trans people have uh, Been visible Since the Stonewall movement You know It was a trans Mm -hmm. person who threw the first rock
6: Mm -hmm.
7: You know But Uh Being a part of the uh, LGBT community, um, I always thought that it was unfair that the T was all the way at the end. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because so much of what is visible in today's society as far as alternative lifestyles has so much to do with gay, white men. You know, Mm -hmm. and people who are of color and people who are trans are kind of um way down on the totem pole if you will. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So and it's it's you know, and it's it's I'm not speaking from a point of frustration. I am, but it's just fact.
6: Right. Right.
7: You know, that um all of this funding that uh that goes to um uh, to certain organizations, you know, sometimes people of color um, and trans people included, are kind of uh, given the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting
2: thought.
1: <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> I never it thought
2: about
1: that. So, it's true. Let's move a little bit further. So okay. I, I've always known you as the Amelia Black. They say, you know, Amelia Black is coming to town. Okay, so I get my tickets, so I can go see the Amelia Black perform. So for those who are <laughs> listening who do not know, um, you could go and see I don't know who's ever been to go see uh a, 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 a female impersonation show or a drag show, whatever you call it. But um mm-hmm. they are amazing. Um yes. both of our guests. We have Amelia and we have Jasmine. Simply amazing. Um when did you get into performing, especially pageantry? When did you first get into that?
7: I got into performing in uh in college, in my freshman year in college.
1: In college, oh. um,
7: Yes, uh, I was going to Florida Fashion College in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and when I met my, I was in, I was living in off-campus living, and off-campus housing rather, and my roommates uh, were both from South Carolina and they were uh, a little bit astounded at how feminine I looked. And I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. this is my life story. So they were like, why do you look like a girl? You know, you, we want to take you to a drag show. And I'm like, uh-huh. okay, let's go. And mm-hmm. I was all for it because I was involved in musical theater since the sixth grade. So, okay. you know, I'm all for it the stage. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we get to the show, and I got a chance to meet uh, one of the performers after the show. And she, in turn, looked at me, and she was like, oh, who is she? She's pretty. You know, and mm-hmm. I was kind of offended. Mm-hmm. Um because you were offended? I I was. Okay. Because... I had not yet stepped into my truth. I knew okay. what my truth was, mm-hmm. but my whole thing was I was I was thinking like, who are you to tell me, you know, who I am, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So okay,
6: okay.
7: I was a little bit offended that she addressed me that way, and you know, she was mm-hmm. like, well, who did your work? And I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, well, who did your cheekbones?
6: Mm-hmm. And
7: I'm like, mm-hmm. my mom and dad, <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um they're responsible. <laughs> so it's something that I've that I've had uh I've had it's been a topic of discussion for um quite some time. You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. think that I've had uh, injectables put into my face, but okay. it's just, you know, I've been blessed. I can mm-hmm. say that.
6: Yes. But
7: um these are my cheeks from the beginning. Okay.
1: <laughs> wow. And you and know mm-hmm. Let me ask you that question. Let me just interject this question. So in pageantry, I, I was looking at tapes. Um so you've okay. done the continental system and just for those people who don't know anything about the continental system, Google it. But um it's very comparable <laughs> to like Miss Universe, Miss America. If not yeah. I mean just as much investment goes into these girls competing for these titles as you see on um Donald Trump's um Miss Universe pageant or whatever. Yeah, so, not more. If not more, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I was dazzled the first time. I was, I was like, all this money and these big sponsors and all that. So you've done the Continental System before, correct?
7: Continental and Continental Plus because my weight fluctuates. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> As most uh-huh. women, weight does, yes. my weight fluctuates. Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> yeah. But, yeah,
7: I was uh, first runner-up at Miss Continental Plus before, and I was also fourth runner-up at Miss Continental Awesome. All awesome. right. Yeah. Okay. Well you know, the mm-hmm. one
2: thing I keep hearing is just you mentioned before how normal your life is and you would invite mm-hmm. parents to spend a day with you to see that. Mhm. Have you ever been in love? And is it easy to date being transgendered? Oh.
7: Um I <clears throat> I don't I don't think that it's um well, yeah, it, it's very difficult to date being trans. Um, I have not yet been in love. I was uh, oh. I was engaged to be married. Hmm. Um, let's just say I he wasn't truthful to me um, oh, okay. about something very serious. Um, okay. And I'm just going to leave that at that because I don't want to, you know, um, okay. he's yeah, not the other, okay. you know. But um, Mm -hmm. he wasn't truthful to me. So I can't say, just me speaking from a a standpoint of being a a very uh, spiritual Pisces, um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't in love because the love wasn't reciprocated uh, because Mm -hmm. you lied. Mm -hmm. So when you lie, everything is null and void, you know, because Mm -hmm. if you can't be truthful and forthcoming about something very serious, then what else will you lie about? Mm-hmm. So, and this was my very first committed relationship ever at 46 years old, at 45. Wow. The very first. Wow. Because I had never, I had never, cause, because I grew up um, without my dad in the house. Um, so I was basically a little bit afraid of men, and mm-hmm. I was raped before. Um, wow so you know i I had my issues with trust,
6: mm-hmm.
7: and um seeing what what other trans women have uh went through over the years has kind of you know made me take a step back and just be an observer and saying well no i don't want to, I don't wanna do that of what they're going through, you know right yeah, so you know i've been I've been on my own since I was seventeen, and um you know never been in love. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. You know, it's a sad reality but mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. You know, I I still have to go to work every day and pay my bills, you know. Right. Right. right? right. <laughs> but um work. But, you know. Mm-hmm. It is I mean it's 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 difficult to date being trans because, you know, um I always have to tell, you know, someone that is interested right. in me. That's one of the first right. things that I tell because you know you could be putting your life in danger, and you know I know exactly. trans women who have been murdered because well. of that.
6: Exactly. Yes. Yeah, exactly.
7: Yeah, and the the murder rates of of trans women of color is is skyrocketed. I mean, and we're it we're is. just wow. in the second week of February, and there have already been four trans women of color murdered already. I've
1: seen it. I've seen it all on the More news. Four already. I've seen it.
7: And then the the misgendering of these women is is so disgusting me but that's a whole other subject but yeah it's difficult Well,
1: I know that by profession you and I we share the same passion we're both makeup artists Um, Mm -hmm. do you ever experience any type of discrimination in the workplace
7: Um, I do not Uh, uh, thankfully uh, we work in the shallow beauty industry <laughs> exactly. And you know, I, I am I am very thankful to to God and to my parents that I look the way that I do. And a lot of it can it can uh, have its its pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a lot of uh negative looks from from uh, African American women. I do. Wow, um, and it's it's funny that. Uh, a lot of uh, Caucasian women gravitate towards me, you know. Especially when I tell them I'm almost fifty, um, mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh my god! Well, what do you use? Your skin looks great." Mm-hmm. And yes, <laughs> I can. I can sit them. I can sit them down, and you know, I get a lot of really nasty looks from from uh, from the sisters. Not all of them, but you know, wow. I get them. I get them, but it doesn't bother me because it's. I'm. I'm used to it. I'm. Mm -hmm. I'm six feet tall. You know,
1: I'm Mm -hmm. a six feet tall
7: busty trans woman. Without
1: heels or with heels.
7: Without heels. I'm six feet tall. Wow. So people are going to look. It's happened my Uh whole life. I'm completely fine with it. You know, if if I'm 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 in a position to say that. Um. You know, I'm very proud of being transgender. I'm very proud of who Mm -hmm. I am. And if someone has a problem with me being trans, that's exactly what it is. It's your problem. Mm -hmm. Because when I look into the mirror, I love what I see. I absolutely Mm -hmm. love the image that that I see glaring back at me, you know.
1: I love that.
7: And I'm I'm still on my journey. I'm still on my journey. Wow. So how can people,
2: you have such an awesome testimony. We've only had time to hear just such a short part of it. Yeah. But how can mm-hmm. the listeners keep in touch with you?
7: I am on Instagram, um L T S U D Beauty, um and that is my the initials of my my uh name and uh UD Beauty for Urban Decay. Uh, I work for Urban okay. Decay Cosmetics. Um awesome, awesome, awesome line. I love it to death.
6: Mm-hmm.
7: Um we have the best eyeliners in the world. <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah but um um my my instagram page is l t s u d beauty and um my book page is amelia black a m a i l i a b l a c k like the color and um that's how they can keep in touch with me
1: awesome well thank you so much amelia for agreeing to be on the show again you know i'm your biggest fan, and we're gonna have oh you back thank again. you Yes. So thank you Please so much do. for coming in. Please do. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good evening. You too. All right. Bye.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Love Amelia. Love her. Okay, well, yeah. we're coming right um up to our last guest for this evening. Um, I met this young lady almost twenty years ago. Um I went wow. into actually was one of my first um just to a club, I believe one of my one of my roommates took me to a club, and they um, said that you have to see. They asked me had I been to like a drag show, and I was like, no, I was afraid of them because I always thought drag queens looked like how um what's his name was on Tu Wong Fu, and I was like, oh no, oh, no they're no. gonna scare me. <laughs> yeah, so I was afraid. So we get to the show, there's all this music playing and everything, and um this girl's on stage and she's lip syncing to the song. I think she was doing. Janet Jackson looked just like Janet Jackson. And I was yeah. like, Wow. I so, said, Well when's the show gonna start? The show he's like, The show started, that's her. I was like, That's a like, dude. <laughs> no. Anyway, I was in love. I was I was in love instantly. Absolutely beautiful. If you get a chance, yes. go to the website, look at the pictures. Um, both Amelia, Google them, go on YouTube, put their names in, you'll see all their performances and everything. But my next guest, um, it brings me great pleasure. Um, to bring to the show, welcome to the show, Ms. Jasmine Bonet. Welcome to the show, Jasmine. How are you?
8: Good evening, everybody. (laughs) Good
1: evening. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. So, Jasmine, I asked um, Amelia right before you the same thing. What what was it like growing up? First, I know you've moved to Tennessee. Is that where you're from, or did you leave Atlanta (laughs) going to Tennessee?
8: No, I'm born and raised, Tennessee. I moved to Atlanta later on when I okay. went off to college.
1: Yeah. Okay. So tell us about your childhood. How was it like growing up?
8: I mean, it was, I'm country, so, you know, we <laughs> <laughs> we had chickens, peacocks, and cows, and all that good stuff, you know, up and down the road. Um, lived in a two-room shack with no running water. We chopped wood and, um ate out the garden. You did not, talk, yeah. Did. You did not yeah, talk. Did. yeah, yeah, we did. That's just how poor we were in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Then later on we moved yeah. to the project and we thought we were okay. in because we had oh, we had God. running water. <laughs> the toilet <Wow>.
6: <laughs>
8: <laughs> But um, my childhood was just like any basically, you know, any other transgender. You know, you know the story, you know, you grew mm-hmm. up through those those situations, you know, and you learn from them. You know, we've all been bullied regardless who we are, what we are, who we think we are. We've all we've all been afraid. We've all been bullied. We've all been bullies, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, my childhood, I don't seem to, to believe that it's any worse than anybody else. Of course, I had struggles like we all do, but I learned from, I took every everything, The good and the bad and tried to learn From it and to make me a better Person so my childhood Wasn't no different really from nobody else
2: Okay And we talked this evening about Living your truth When did you realize that there Was something different on the inside That didn't match what you looked like On the outside
8: Are you looking for a number or are you looking for an emotion (laughs) Oh Wait a minute (laughs) Well, I
2: guess you can answer both of those
8: from both perspectives. Uh, At my earliest remembrance, I was probably thinking um, from what my mom talked about, you know, different situations when I was growing up. I think I was probably around four or five. I can just remember always gravitating toward things that made me feel comfortable. And some of the things that made me feel comfortable were uh, things of that girls would probably play play with, you know, I was more creative, I prefer you know I you know I played ball and ran and jumped and all that too, but at part of you know and in, in that, I like to play with clothing and I like to you know be pretty, you know, like I didn't want to be ruffled up, you know, I would pull my socks all the way up over my knees only because I didn't want to mess my knees up who who would know mm-hmm. that? If I, so, you know, so it was just those those things that, you know, separated me when it got time to pick people to be captains and to be on your basketball team and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So those things is what start triggering me early in life that maybe they're the things that I feel maybe I am a little different. You know what it was, I didn't know. You know you don't you don't know, but you do know. So I would say. Around four or five, definitely. Wow. You know, wow. Yeah. I knew it's in kindergarten. It a, not.
2: Wow. It's especially says you were so young. young. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I hear stories like that a lot. A lot of people, very yeah. young, they didn't act upon it or, you know, walk into through the truth until later in life, but
7: actually
6: yeah,
1: realizing right. something was different early on in life, early on
7: yeah, in life.
8: Very early, very early.
2: So what so, steps like did a, you have to take? to live your truth.
8: What steps do you have to take or what steps did I take?
2: What steps did you take?
8: Did I take? Um, first of all, I always wanted to be comfortable. It wasn't that I was expiring to be anything. I just wanted to be mm-hmm. comfortable. And the, some of the clothing, some of the, way, some of the ways I had to sit, some of the uh, way I had to pee, um, just wasn't comfortable for me. I don't know I didn't know why, but it just wasn't comfortable. And I began starting to be comfortable when I were able to buy my own clothing. When I was able to comb my own hair. When I began to pay for my own haircuts. When I began to um take more devices for me to be independent. Those are those those were the Times that I took upon myself to realize that the living in my truth was more so about being comfortable than trying to be anything. I just wanted to be comfortable. Where that was, I didn't know, but I knew I wanted to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So, I was saying earlier, the first time I met you was like it was in the nineties, early nineties, when I first
6: saw
1: you. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I remembered um, that helped me when I was um, first walking to Montreal, um were the families that were really big back in the day. Um,
6: mm-hmm.
1: I know you're part of the, the world-renowned Bonet family,
6: um,
1: <laughs> and I was in like four or five here. But um, things were different in the 90s um, compared yeah. to how they are today, and the same as in um, being a transgender person. Um, I remember – People having like pumping parties in the hotels and stuff. And that's when you know you go and get your body work done by people who are unlicensed, very, very unsafe. Um, mm-hmm. Now there are better options. What do you think? Um, how, how do you think Hello? back in the day towards today is different for those people who are transgender?
8: Could you repeat that? Because your phone kind of broke up. I don't know if it's my reception or.
1: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was just saying that things are different from the 90s back then to mm-hmm. like how things are available today, especially for those persons who are transgender. Because I was saying I remember, like, you know, the pumping parties that we're having in the hotel. Yeah. Some people would travel across the country, and we heard them in town. You get your money together, and you go, you know, get your body work, your breast work, yeah. um Those yeah. things are very unsafe, and we've lost a few people because of that. What are some other things that you, you can take in comparison from back in the day to...
8: Um, I was listening earlier on Amelia. You know some of the things she was saying, and I have to agree with her. Back then, you know things were different. You know the resources weren't there. Now, you know you can walk in a doctor and ask them to help you or direct you, and it's understood now. Where back then, when we were when we were coming out, you know we had to um, go to doctors that were. Throwing us hormones under the table, um, they would just take our money, wouldn't put us on the books. We had we had to sign um, papers saying that they were not liable for anything, you know. Um, so nowadays, you know, thank God for Obama. You know, in the last eight years, that he has been, really brought the transgender movement to a national you know, awareness where we are able to get health care. We are, you know, we are putting our numbers in. We are no longer invisible now. And I feel that today the resources are there for transgender people where they weren't there many years ago.
1: So it's getting better, getting a lot better.
8: Yeah, I think that um, as far as America, I think we've, I think they've opened the door for us. I just think we, on the return, need to walk on into the door and take advantage of okay. it and stop being hidden. You know, come out, live the truth, be who you are, go on to work, go on to the doctor, you know, take care of yourself, be credible, be an asset to to your community first, then you can be national. So those are the things that I wish we would do when that, because the door is open, they're just waiting on us. That's how I feel. You know what?
1: I heard in another interview that you did that you said something that was remarkable. You said that um, back in the day it was like you were creatures of the night because everything um, mm-hmm. started late at night. Started late yeah. at night. The, the, all the shows began at midnight, two yeah. o'clock in the morning. Um, but you basically started living. I forgot the phrase that you said, but you basically made a decision that you were going to live your 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 life. And um, mainly between the right, exactly.
6: Be <laughs> a day walker.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're a date Walker.
6: Yeah,
1: and I, I was like, that is so phenomenal that she said that. Cause and, and I looked, and I was like, you're right. It was like they <laughs> slept all they did the shows all night and they slept all day. All day.
8: yeah. Yeah, but for some people, that was good enough for them. You know, that was good enough. They were able to keep their bills paid. They were able to stay out of the radar. That was good for them, but for me, that wasn't enough because I didn't never do anything. You know, I didn't strive to be comfortable to hide behind the 12 o'clock mood I wanted yeah. to be comfortable in my skin so I could further on and do the things that I wanted to do. I wanted to go back to school and I wanted to be comfortable. When I went back, I wanted to uh be an asset to my community. I knew that if I was not an asset to myself, then I couldn't be an asset to my community. So all the things that that I wanted to do happened from 9 to 5. And that's where I wanted to live. Now, I had to do shows and travel and did the chilling circuit to pay for mm-hmm. my – to keep me, you know, where I needed right. to be. But my target, you know, my target was to live so that I could be comfortable and that I could reach back and help somebody else be comfortable. Okay.
2: Well, you know, we talked about it earlier this evening All the headlines, such as Bruce Jenner transitioning to a woman. Then you have Mm -hmm. Orange is the New Blacks, Laverne Cox, and her success. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, you have rising murder rates in the transgender community. So do Mm -hmm. you think these are just targeted hate crimes, or perhaps they're signs of something else?
8: Signs of something else. (laughs)
2: Like okay, because <laughs> I know one of the things in the media they always talk about. You know, there's so many people that don't reveal their gender or their mm-hmm. sex to a new partner.
8: Well, I'm I'm I don't know if I'm different. I don't know, but I've always tried to live. Like I think Amelia said, she just t- tell tell people. You know, mm-hmm. when you come to that that time and, you know, if you're pursuing a relationship or something like that, you're just open. I never was one to try to fool anybody, For one. I felt it was unfair. I would hate to get to know somebody and then they throw me a bomb like that. So I always kept that in the back of my mind. But I I said that to say this. I really think, you know, I think it's a lot of, you know, of of us getting murdered and all that out of just pure people, you know, not liking, you know, transgender people for whatever reason. But I really feel in my heart that I've seen a lot of girls that put themselves in those horrible situations where, you know, y- your life is at stake, you know, all for you you're trying to play something that you're really not at the end of the day. So I think a lot of that is just we are putting ourselves in these horrible places. I think the the murder rate is probably higher because more girls are walking the streets. They're pro, you know, they're prostituting and they're doing that type of thing. Not all of, not all, but I said I'll higher. And the reason of that is because it's an easy way to stay out of the radar you know they have to pay their bills they have to have money some kind of way and if you can't walk in burger can be respected and get a job you know the way you want to feel and feel comfortable then you're not going to go there you're going to continue to to strive in the night so i think where when you have to live in the night and you got to hustle and you got to make this money you put yourself in risky behavior so i think that's why the murder rate will continue to be there until somebody or until they get it to know the door is open. Come on out of that. We want you to go back to school. We want you to to be you know to be what you want to be. Come come out of that. To me, that is just you know the thinking of transgender people that you got to stay hiding you know because that's what. That's where we were, you know, it's inbred in us that it's so wrong that you right. need to stay hidden, you know, You know, sheltering and all of that came, came along through that. But I just feel that a lot of that murder is due to us having to put ourselves in so many risky, you know, situations.
1: Mm-hmm. So moving forward, like I said, when I first saw you, I, my world was, Jasmine Bonet and I will let you know I was I was a groupie. Whenever I heard you were coming into town or to DC, I made uh-huh. sure <laughs> we went to go see Jasmine Bonet.
0: So, um
1: at one point, you know you were everywhere and you were in Atlanta. Atlanta is pretty much the um the, 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 the breeding space for lack of a better word for the creme bella creme of um illusionists. Um and then you moved. You moved back to Tennessee. Are you retired? Would you consider yourself? In retirement? Um,
8: I don't see where you would have to ever, re- like, really retire because I'm not working for any company. <laughs> you know, okay. this is just But you're not doing
1: shows all, every week like you were, though, right?
8: No, no, no. Who can do that forever? Who would want to? I've always, I've always did my shows at night, but I've always kept some type of nine to five. I've worked at the mall, I've taught school, you know, I've worked in several different um, restaurants and stuff like that. So I've always tried to keep some type of, some type of day, you know, so I can keep my numbers in. I always wanted to keep my numbers. You know, there are people that, um, just work at night under the table. They're invisible, so I knew I wanted to be visible. But no, I haven't retired. I went back to school to further my education. I got a yeah. degree in cosmetology, and uh, I uh, recall. You know, yeah. yeah, Thank you. And we re yeah. I will be returning to get my instructor license. So those are just some of the things that you know. When you when you're, I'm not getting any. Younger, I'll be fifty years old pretty soon. So to believe that I can continue the grind of being in the airports and you know hauling luggage, you know all of that is just you know ludicrous to think. So I just wanted to sit back and prepare myself for for real life. And then of course, if I want to sit back and do something else, then you know in the entertainment, you know then I then I'll do that, but I just felt like for myself, I needed to do that so I could be a better Jasmine Bonet for when I get ready to, to do a show. That's just what okay. now, if y'all want to call that retirement, I guess I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, I remember just watching different clips of you. Um, in the 2009 Virginia Icon Continental Pageant,
6: you mm-hmm. performed
2: a gospel song. And that it brings so
6: cool. me to ask
2: It just brings me to ask the question So many think that if you're part of the LGBT community You don't have a relationship with God So Mm -hmm. what are your spiritual beliefs? And is it possible to be transgendered and Christian?
8: Yeah, it's just like being religious and black Okay It's the same same persecutions Mm -hmm. It's no different. Civil rights, transgender movements I could go on and on and on So yes I really feel that um, The majority of my Success or my Longevity Or my ability to, To keep coming back Is only I give all grace to God Because It was him that kept me grounded. It was because of his love and his respect for me that I always wanted to keep a level, a bar that other people would want to see the Christ in me. Regardless, if I was in the club at 3 o'clock at night and I was waiting on my check, I still wanted to wait with Christ in in some way you could see it in me. So I would tell people that, you need if you don't have a relationship with Christ, you need to get to know Christ because Christ will accept you just the way you are. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are, what you think you should wear, how long your hair is, or who you choose to to sleep with. Christ is not concerned with that. That will go to the dust. Christ is concerned with what you have in your heart, how you feel about yourself, how you treat other people. Who 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 are you? Who are you reaching? What what is the difference in you Take those things And allow God to rest, you, to rest you And to be satisfied with yourself That's what I would say to the LGB community when it concerns Christ that you need That relationship you need some type Of higher being to understand The things that you are not built To understand
1: Alright okay. Wonderful
2: And are there any other parting words you would give as advice? Yeah.
8: Any parting words? um, This is just my mantra. uh, To thy own self, be true.
1: Be true. That's you know what that's my that's my motto on my signature on my (laughs) email.
8: Okay. (laughs)
6: Now, Jasmine, wow. I, I
1: just have one final question as well. Now I know that um Alicia alluded to that performance and I have seen I've actually seen you do it live and you got emotional doing you? you were doing. Dorinda Clark's um I'm Still Here. That song has always since I've seen it done um I've seen it done a couple times. Um, you were a remarkable performer. and I know that it wasn't just a performance for you. That um you have been you you've been through some things just like yeah. all of us. Um I know that you um um lost of very someone who's very close to you.
8: Yes, um,
6: and, and in that hard
1: for you. Yes,
8: yes. yes in my heart. Well,
1: so the song Dorenda Clark's "I'm Still Here." Mm-hmm. Why is that song so compelling for you to do? And what, why why does it evoke so much emotion?
8: Because of the words. When I look back over my life, through all the hurt, the trouble, the heartache, the pain. Through it all, through it all, I'm still here. We're still here. Yeah. It makes me know that there's a place. If you're still here, there's a place you got you got to get to. And the very fact that you're still here says that you're going to get there. And you don't yeah. know what that place is, so believe in that place. That place is a better place. Just a fact to know that I'm still here after all I've been through. I buried a husband and went through all of that. Came through 27 years of being in the homosexual community. No kind of sexual, sexual transmitted diseases. I thank God that I'm still here. Still here. Lord. Through it all, I'm still here. So that song resonates in me. Still here. We're still here.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes. That is amazing. Jasmine, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. Um, thank I'm you. Thank a big you. Fan, and whenever you should choose to do a show, uh, hopefully you'll come <laughs> here. I know a lot. Well, I, great,
8: will be, I will be performing for everybody that's listening on March the 15th in Atlanta, Georgia. In Atlanta, Georgia.
1: Oh. In Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. If I can get yeah, my money so together, I'm going to come see you. <laughs> right. I
8: passion, so y'all come out and see me.
1: All right. Thank All you right so much now. for coming on, Jasmine. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Great show, Alicia. Great show.
2: Absolutely.
1: Um, tune in next week. Next week, um, Sunday, February the twenty second at eight thirty, um, for the Black fraternities and sororities. Are they still relevant? You know, throughout the years, fraternities and sororities, they really played um, a history in providing meaningful networks to its members. Perhaps you know business contacts, um, opportunities. Yes for giving back to the community. But the question today that so many people have is um have these organiz- organizations stopped serving as, you know, training grounds for our national leaders and inspirational figures or, you know, are they irrelevant now? So we have That's a guest right. coming in, Miss Felicia Commodore. She's from the University of Pennsylvania. She'll be coming in to share her insight to answer the question are black fraternities and sororities still irrelevant so we also invite we send out an open invitation to those of you who are who are in um greek organizations if you want to just call in and give your organization a shout out and answer this question um i'm proud to be a member of my organization because and just fill in the blank so and don't forget to tell me that's the
2: 22nd yeah, exactly
1: what Yeah, about that's the 22nd exactly So um, thanks for tuning in. Um, Make sure that you join us next week. I am your host, Will Strayhorn.
2: I'm your co-host, Alicia Brown.
1: Yes. Let's face it. In life, you're going to be faced with many choices. But the most important choice that you will ever make is when you make the choice to be bold, be beautiful, make the choice to be you. Until next time.
2: Thank you for listening to Let's Face It with Will Trayhorn and friends on the Survival Radio Network. Please be sure to visit us on the web often at letsfaceitradio.com for the latest in show information, including upcoming shows, special guests, spotlight interviews, as well as exciting, innovative ways that you can be part of the show. So tune in next week for real people, real topics,
3: real talk. Let's Face It.
6: Free
0: When Cynthia came to TurboTax, she had just launched her new side gig, a true crime podcast.
2: I'm a first-rate detective with a golden voice.
0: As her TurboTax expert, I made her second income count by guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and her maximum refund.
2: <clears throat> what did she do with that refund? Find out next
0: week. Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live.